My name is Joe. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace, and um, it's just been an absolute blessing to be on the staff here. I'm our pastor of mobilization, and at Grace Church, we often talk about know it, live it, and give it away. So in a sense, I'm the pastor of give it away. So in charge of all of our volunteering efforts, our inner city efforts, our global efforts, it's just been a blessing to help drive that and help be a part of that and help you guys make a great impact in those areas. One of the other blessings about being on staff, other than just being involved in that type of work, is once a month, all of our staff, regardless of our position, come together for what we call our all-hands-all-staff meeting. I know sounds riveting, um, but it is. It's actually really fun. Um, one of the great things about it is every time we do that, Pastor Jeff, our senior pastor, really shares from his heart and kind of helps us, uh, I think, kind of unite and continue helping us drive forward and just share something that really helps motivate us to continue on working together. It's just been an amazing thing. Well, this last time that we did that in December, uh, it was actually a unique conversation. We knew that Pastor Jeff and Pastor Ezra were going to sit down and really talk about their vision and heartbeat for what the church is supposed to be doing and their vision and heartbeat for how God is using and calling the church to move forward. And I'll tell you, when I, when I heard their conversation, it just hit me in a very special way. I've been here now for about five and a half years, and I've always been excited to be a part of the things that we're doing, but this conversation really just welled something up, I think new and fresh in me, and it excited me. And so since we actually taped this conversation, I want to share that with you this morning. I think it's going to be very powerful and impactful for all of us as we listen and move that together. Now, a couple things. Uh, one, in your program is a place that you can jot down some notes. There's nothing formal there, but as you hear these guys talking, sharing their heart, you might want to write down a couple things, because I, I promise there's going to be some points that I think will really uh, just hit you in a special way. And the second thing is, there's probably a Bible, if you didn't bring one with you, and the chair's in front of you. Uh, he's going to bring up a couple of passages. If you want to follow along there, that'd be great. And if you don't have a Bible, honestly, write your name in it, take it home. We want you to have one. It's a great place to jump in, and so I think that uh, you'll enjoy that as well. But that being said, let's take a look at this video. I think we're really going to get something out of it this morning. It's rolling out, kind of wrapping up the end of the year. It's, uh, it's kind of a fun time to be able to look back on kind of where we've been and what all has happened and also um, kind of look ahead to what, what's coming. And uh, we've been doing this a long time now, a little way too long. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, last fall I, I wrapped up my 12 years of grace, but... For you, it's been a lot longer than that. A lot longer, yeah. 20 years. 20 years, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, uh, well, I haven't held up well. <laughs> no. No, not at all. No, you, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> the, um, you're, uh, but Bath Campus will be celebrating its 14th anniversary yep. come January. Yeah, the first Sunday in January is always our, our birthday. Birthday. So 14 yeah. years, yeah. So in 2000? Mm -hmm. Start off here. Yep. Well, what's amazing, and it just it hit me again about a month or so ago, we were talking with somebody, and you just started talking about the vision and the passion that you have for the church, passion you have for Grace Church, for God, like doing real things in the life of people. And um, just listening to you explain it to them, I thought, man, I never get tired of this. I'm so glad I get to be around um, to w watch God do amazing things, but also just to, to hear from your heart and your vision. Like, I just, it's always refreshing. And, um, and uh, even just being kind of uh, in the trenches and week after week, day after day, just doing um, 
doing the work of the ministry and, and uh, working hard to see people come to know and see Jesus. Uh, it's, it's always great to get your kind of sight above it all and kind of see what's going on. So I thought just, uh, so we're going to dive into some of that, some of that, uh, the vision of Grace Church and maybe look a little bit past and look ahead. This is going to be an exciting year. It just is, but yeah. we'll save that for a state of the church address. All right. um, but uh, I thought we can start off by saying, like asking. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what to do with the extra pillow. He's like always kind of in the way and I'm not sleepy. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I do you do that at home too? I do. Yeah. I yeah. throw them at the children. Yeah, you're like, come here. Yeah, I, I usually just pile them up around me. I like it. <laughs> it's warm and cozy. Anyway, the, um, um, but I thought we'd go back to like, you know, the classic 101 question. So what's your name and how did you first get connected to Grace Church? <laughs> well, my name is Jeff Bogue. Everybody say hi, Jeff. Hi, you can call me Jeff. And uh, I, I got connected here well, 21 years ago, I guess, right? So I was, uh, I was um, a senior in college, and uh, it's kind of a long story. The short version is that uh, my friend, Mike Yoder, had interned at the Norton campus, and they were looking for a youth pastor. And he, kind of without my permission, um, and I've never really forgiven him for that, because I think it ruined my life, but he, uh, he put my name in, and Bob Combs uh, called me, at the Christmas break between the, um, the semesters. And Heidi and I came up and uh, we, were, we were planning on being social workers in Philadelphia, that was the plan. We had actually signed, I had signed a contract to go out there and work in the, the inner city. And we came here and it was, it was my first exposure to a healthy church, I had just never, I never thought pastors were really good for anything. I thought yeah. there were people you kind of endured for an hour and then you ignored whatever they said, and that's kind of what I did. Yeah. And uh, when I got here and saw that the church was just full of messed up, struggling people who were real and raw, and uh, you kind of loved each other and loved Jesus and went through life together, it, it was a totally new <clears throat> experience for me. And I thought, oh, this is like social work for Jesus, you know, kind of thing. This is, this is kind of all my passions combined. I had just accepted Christ a year and a half ago or a year and a half earlier. And so it, it was all kind of new and fresh. And um, that was that. And so they had a, they had a financial campaign. And uh, people made a, a three-year commitment to pay for a new youth pastor. And I came on that. And I had three years <laughs> yeah. to kind of earn a job. Yeah. And that's how, how we started. Yeah. When, when you think back, I, one of the things, I mean, under Pastor Bob's ministry, I'm sure you learned a ton. ton. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably one of your main mentors, uh, like in Absolutely. your early yeah. uh, ministry. Were there other people that influenced you a lot as you kind of try to get started? Yeah. That, um, Roger Pugh was a, a, a professor out at Grace where mm-hmm. I was a, a, a student, and he probably pushed me the furthest spiritually. I, mm-hmm. I was a a goofball and kind of still am at heart. I know. I know. I used to be a lot of fun until (laughs) the children in the church took all the joy from my life. But but he's the one that first helped me to think about being sober-minded. And he was like, if you Mm -hmm. don't focus your life, you're going to waste it. Um, My brother is, has had a huge impact on my life. My 
Uh, my dad got sick when I was 12, and my brother, in fact, I always say to every, anybody who's an older sibling, uh, you should cherish that role, because my brother stepped into my life in a huge way. Yeah. And uh, he was a pastor, so it, it, he, he kind of broke the ice for our family, and it, it made it all make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then my brother was, was and is the real deal, loves Jesus and approaches ministry completely differently than I do, but um, has given his life to follow Christ. And so he helped me a little bit. Yeah. Other than that, I, ha- I never had formal training in ministry. I have a, I have a counseling and sociology degree. Yeah, you're going for the social work. Yeah, so it was only later on in in school that I picked up other things. But, um, yeah, so I kind of had those those people and a very patient congregation down in Norton and cut our teeth. Yeah, especially under Pastor Bob's ministry, I can see how that's just like, that is sort of like social work for Jesus. Yeah. He's an amazing guy. Yeah, and Bob Bob taught taught me to love people. You know, I, I think I came into ministry... Because of my background, I came in with the, with the mindset that I was going to straighten everybody out. Oh, yeah. And Bob taught me to love people and be mm-hmm. patient with them and shepherd them. And he, I, I think if you looked up the word pastor in the dictionary, you, you would have Bob's picture beside oh, it. Yeah. You know, and so he just uh, ingrained and did that with me. I needed loved like that. I was young and dumb and... Um, messed up in some ways, and uh, Bob would just take the time, you know, and, and uh, helped even help me to get my feet under me. So, yeah, he's, he's my hero. My yeah. Well, even when I, when I came on staff, I was, came on as an uh, intern for the college ministry. So back then, you, I mean, we were, you think you were 18 months or so into the Bath campus. So, yeah. And, uh, but it was you and you had an associate pastor that you just hired on through a financial campaign. Yep. So similar. And uh, Debbie Keir working in the office. And I think Christy Keir helped out five hours a week or something like that, yeah. you know, as a secretary. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, uh, so when I came on, it was a different world back then. But we still had staff meetings down in Norton because mm-hmm. this was all new. We were all, we're all one staff. And uh, I remember Pastor Bob, like just a lot of those lessons about how to love people, how to be realistic about people's life change, but trusting God for just huge things. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's amazing to watch that like live out in real life. You're like, you don't trust people, you don't trust yourself, but you trust God, and right. he makes all that happen. Right. So this is getting you talking about it. Maybe think back to those old days. So things are a lot different now. Yeah. And so, I mean, the church is a lot different as it's grown over the years and changed a lot. Um, how have you, um, like, staying connected to people is, like, a big deal. Because, like, you, I mean, the reason why you go into ministry is to, like, help people, like, connect to God. Well, straighten people out. But, mm-hmm. yeah, help people connect to God, watch God change lives. But, like, as the church has grown, it's a little bit, it's a little different how that, how that happens. Because I'm sure you would love to, like, know everybody. Like, yeah. back then, when you started in ministry, you knew everybody in the church. You yeah. knew their kids. You knew their families, right? I mean. Yeah, well, there was only a. 150 of us back in those in those days you're talking about when you first came on yeah like our offices were down in the nurseries and i remember our big dream was to fill up all the offices there were three of them yeah it's like oh man this will be someday we'll have these full yeah. you know and and uh and Debbie the roof and, won't leak wouldn't that be amazing? yeah and, and the roof won't short out the sound system <laughs> right that was awesome yeah and uh 
Yeah, it was different than obviously and smaller. And I loved it. Like I, I loved knowing everybody. I think my I think my record was fourteen weddings in twelve weeks. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. So yeah, I, just being so involved. Yeah, yeah, you just married everybody and you did all the funerals and you did all the counseling and, and it was almost a group of friends that were trying to, to build a church together and, and um yeah, it just evolves over the time. That's probably one of the hardest things for me in ministry is I have to, and for the health of the church, I have to let go of the things that I love. Yeah. And so some things that I just love being a part of uh, that I look forward to, I, I would hurt the congregation. I'd hurt the church if I insisted on hanging on to those things. And, and you just and reevaluate that constantly. Yeah, it's just one decision after another. And um, if, I, if life was the way that I wanted it to be, I'd probably pastor 200 people and our kids would all be best friends and we would yeah. live and die together and then the church would close and we'd be typical. And so it's right. not good. And so it, there's, a, there's a vision and a mission and uh, you just keep adjusting to it. But God's been so great with it, you know, yeah. I don't have any complaints about it. Yeah, God keeps it. Yeah, he takes care of people, raising up leaders and all that to open new pastors, new opportunities for people to grow into their own ministries. It's, yeah. not, about, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not the ministers doing all of that. It's about the church, like being a healthy church. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's exciting. Well, just to take... Um, I mean, it is interesting. Like, kind of back then, you had... People had closer access. I mean, you were just, we were able to be close to everybody or know everybody. And so to like your heart and even on the weekends now we have these with all of our services. Um, sometimes people ask me, um, you know, they hear you preach or they hear, hear you teach or they, um, and they say, well, you know, they ask me like, he seems like a neat guy. What's he like? And I'm like, just like that, you know, he's, he's driven and funny and sarcastic and you know, all of that. He's just like, that's it. Like he's as honest as it is. Like you, you want to know Jeff, you just get more of that, you know, yeah. which is so cool. I, I, I think it's amazing how God has built you to be able to share your heart so openly in front of people and be able to communicate that. And um, I, I love hearing that. But the way that we, we craft the services, we, we very intentionally dive into certain topics, mm-hmm. you know, and so because we want to sort of drive certain subjects home with, with people that are growing in Christ um, and trying to understand who God is. But that's, um, although you share your heart with us in, in amazing ways, there's probably other things that God is putting on your heart that you wish you could share just at any time. And you're like, nope, got to stick to the plan. Got to, you know, yeah. got to finish the series or things like that. Is there an example of that? It's something that God's kind of doing in you and teaching you right now that um, you'd like to sh- share with us? No, not at all. Okay. There's nothing. All right, There's moving nothing. on. Um, question. <laughs> I learned just... nothing from God. <laughs> no, this is all, all a front. Right. All right, I think we can... <laughs> No, there, there is, yeah. And, and yeah, we're trying to we're trying to connect with folks who um, find it difficult to connect with with uh, God, and so our services are set up that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, the authenticity and stuff like that that is, that is just us. I don't think it's just me. I think it's you. I think it's yeah. the church. I just don't think we have the energy to fake it. Yeah, you know, I, that's why yeah. I always tell folks. I just don't. It's, it takes so much work to put up a facade and keep it up. 
I would rather you just be disillusioned with me. So the more you yeah. get to know me, the, yeah. the more normal I am and the more disillusioning it becomes, right. <laughs> usually. Right. At least that's what Heidi yes. tells me. But the, <laughs> well, it just perpetuates the idea that it's all throughout the Bible that God chooses to use whoever he wants. Right. You know, and we want to have people, our leaders that are superstars or they're like much more godly than we could ever be. And you're yeah. like, no, just God using people. I think that's the way it's always been. Yeah. Right. And I, and I like that. I don't, I, I kind of hate the celebrity idea. I yeah. really do because I think it, it weighs out the work of the body incorrectly. Yeah. You know, so I, I always use the example, I actually use Debbie Keir as an example all the time, who's taught the three-year-old class for 30 plus years. And I always, I do this in 101, I always say, you know, I'm up here, all I'm trying to do is helping hu- help human beings with souls connect to God. And the reason I do it up here under spotlights is just because I'm, I'm good at it. It's like God wired me. Debbie's down in the three-year-old Sunday school classroom helping human beings with souls connect with God. So she's doing the exact same thing I'm doing. So the idea that the the world would come to an end if Jeff got hit by a bus and Debbie's doing woman's work. I I hate, like it just grates me to no end to think like that because now we're not a church. Now we're a a rock show that we came to see a star for. And I don't want us to be that. I want us to be the empowered, equipped, effective body of Christ. And it's the only way that we'll ever be a movement. Right. You know? So that, that, all that's actually really, really important to me. And that I, I, don't like, um, I don't like to be called Reverend Bogue or Dr. Bogue or Father Jeff. Or, <laughs> I get that a lot, but it doesn't really apply. I've got a lot of kids. But the, um, that's why I like just to be Jeff, because I, yeah. I see myself as a, a soldier. You yeah. know, we're, just, we're all just trying to do... We're always trying to love Jesus and love people. Yeah, and do the things that God wants you to do. Right. And so you feel like you're doing that, and the next guy needs to do his thing. And, and when we do that, do the, the church just explodes with life and energy and yeah. effectiveness because it, it's what God was you know, set up to do. Now, I think this is, you know, you ask if there's things I, that God's teaching me. That the biggest thing that God has taught me in the last three or four years is this whole idea of loving God and receiving love from God. It's been, it's been transformational for me. So that we brought it out to, the, to everyone a little bit with the One Step series and brought it out a little bit with the Reset book. Um, but it's almost, it's almost hard to put into words uh, how profoundly that has shifted my view of God and how I interact with people and how profoundly it has brought peace to my soul. You know, I, I was taught growing up that to love God meant you obeyed him. And so the, the effort behind your obedience and the degree that you had success with it directly equated to whether you loved God or not. So if you wanted to love God more, you tried harder, right? And a few years ago, uh, this was shifted around for me by simply changing kind of the emphasis in the, in the sentence, John 14, 15, yeah, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. So I was like always trying to obey what he commanded. Yeah, yeah. you're like, show, show your love for I'll, God. I will prove that I love you. And when that shifted and somebody looked at me and said, well, what if it sounds like this? What if it sounds like if you love me, you'll obey what I command? 
And if the energy should go into loving God instead of, instead of trying to prove your affection to God, mm-hmm. wouldn't obeying God just be a natural byproduct of your love for him? It, it, that was earth-shattering for me. All, all the education and all the years and kind of knowing that in my gut but never being able to uh, make the dominoes fall correctly. It was just life-changing. So it causes me, it's caused me to approach the scripture very, very differently. Um, and I was thinking, you know, we were thinking about this ahead of time. I was thinking about First John chapter 4. And like this book of the Bible has been huge for me. And then also this passage. But First John chapter 4 would be like verse 7 is where you'd want to be. Chapter 4, First John. Um, but John says this. He says, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. And I, I circled those words, comes from God. So it already, it, its origin is God. Hmm. So let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. So you look at that, and you pull it with the rest of the book of First John, and then, of course, with other parts of the Scripture, and you realize... The, the defining mark of a follower of Christ is our love, our love for each other, our love for our enemy. It's not our truth. It's not our theology. Right. It's not our doctrine, and it's not our behavior. It's our love, and that love comes from God. It's a love that has to be placed in us, birthed in us by God himself, and I, as I was saying about that, um, it it has altered the way that I approach dealing with sin, okay? So how do I deal with sin? The key to dealing with sin is to love God more deeply because God's love and love for the world cannot coexist in the same place. One will push the other out. In fact, even in 1 John, uh, he says, you know, you cannot hate your brother and love God. So it, it changes my relationships. If I'm upset with Heidi or or my brother, or whoever, I cannot have a hatred. I can't have angst with that brother. I can't have a heart filled with strife for another person and a heart filled for love for God at the same time. I can't. One is going to displace the other. And I realized later on in 1 John chapter 5, he, he talks about a victorious Christian life. He said, this is the victory that overcomes the world. And it's our salvation in Christ it's this birth of love for Christ, from Christ, in us, that gives us victory. Love is what pushes aside fear. Love is what causes us to interact with our neighbor correctly. Love is what drives charity. It's what drives compassion. It's the key to everything. And I, I didn't know that. I, I, like, literally didn't know that. I, I would have read these passages, and I, th- I would have thought, yeah. You know, love comes from God. That's, that's why I don't smoke, drink, or chew, or date girls who do, or cheer for Michigan, or Michigan State, for that matter, right? So that, that's, why I, that's why I get my act together. And I, I didn't... Because you're like, because I need to show God that I love him, so I'm going to get my act together. With all sincerity, yeah. right? I'm sincere. Yeah. I, I want to prove to God. I want to... And then it, show, it shows up in my marriage. It shows up like... Looking at Heidi and saying, I'm, I'm, instead of trying to straighten her out so she toes the line so we have a healthy marriage, which yeah. would have been my, kind of my personality, 
trying to hear her, listen to her, love her, respond to her. Because if she trusts that I love her, then all of our interaction with each other will, will line up correctly. Yeah. My kids, the, the whole nine yards. And then the other thing that was... Yeah, and even like covering over. I mean, the Bible talks covers about love, a multitude, covers a multitude of, sins. of sins. So it's like you, like, you, you love if your wife and your kids know that you love them. Right. Like those bad days are what they are. They're bad days. They're here. They're forgotten, forgiven. Right? I mean, yeah. They're disciplined correctly. Yeah. It, 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 it oh, yeah. straightens out... Not out of anger or out of... Yeah. Right. right. Straightens out... Straightens out the whole the whole nine yards. So, so it, it's been a it's been a transformational thing for me. the the other The other piece of that that has um, been so earth shattering is I think receiving God's love is kind of the the key. To, in fact, later on in this passage, he says this verse eight. He says, "Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love." Verse nine. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Catch this. This is fascinating. This is love. This is verse 10. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a atoning sacrifice for us. So um, I, that like register with me. I'm like, oh, the, the key to the Christian life, the, the key thing that the Christian life hangs on is not my love for God, it's God's love for me, see? And it's not, I'm not the one who introduces this or causes it or manufactures it. I receive it. And the more deeply I receive and understand God's love for me, the more that that fosters and nurtures my love for God, right? So, so when I'm dealing with a temptation, right, say it's lust or whatever, right, and I'm looking and I'm saying, I, I don't want to, my old, my old way of looking at it would say, would be this, I don't want to, I need to stop lusting, I need to stop lusting, I need to stop lusting, I need to stop lusting. I got to get pure thoughts, I got to get pure thoughts, right? Then I would have tended to add to it, well, I just love Jesus more and all my lust will go away, all my lust will go away, all my lust will go away. Then this clarifying point came in and it's like, no, when I place my mind on whatever's good, admirable, true, when I download God's love for me, his love for me pushes out the lust or the sinners, you know, fill in your blank with it. Because I cannot think about God's sacrifice, his passion, his love for me, and fill my mind with junk at the same time. Yeah. So this is, this is, like you asked me, like, is there other things, you know, it's like, yeah, this is, and and it it comes through, our, my yeah. teaching here is always just an overflow of my devotional life, but th- this has been transformational for me as, as a person and as a, as a follower of Christ. And uh, it, has, it has gotten in and kind of messed with my DNA in an awesome way, I think. And uh, yeah, it's been life-changing. It's cool. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. The, the receiving of that. Yeah, so it starts with the receiving of God's love and then... And that's really is a is the crux of our faith. Like I said, that that's like what our hope is in is not that our ability to love Him back. That's like not even what Christianity is built on. It's right. built on His love for us. That's it. Yeah. Period. End of sentence. End of book. And that all, kind of thing. It all comes off of that foundation. Yeah. Yep. It's interesting. Just even throughout the throughout the whole Bible, 
like understanding love is such a confused idea in our culture right now mm -hmm. and like but also receiving from god like and receiving from his word like understanding like what love is when when he says god is love what does that love look like and it looks like like justice and it looks like truth yeah. but but traditionally our christianity and especially those of us that grew up around the church and in the church it's been distorted to be like you need to be true first right then loving you're like well no <laughs> like god's love is uh comes first and foremost yeah yeah that's rooted i get in trouble every time i say this so might as well start the new year off right yeah <laughs> uh, martin luther said he said it's truth 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 above all things and he was wrong it's love 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 above all things and when you love truth will will stand yeah See, and when you, when you love, justice will stand. When you love, you know, compassion will be there. When you love, holiness comes into play. And grace. Yeah, and when you try to supplement, when you try to put something above God's love for us and our love for God, it's almost like what Jesus said. The first commandment is this, love yeah. God for someone. So it's <laughs> yes. weird how he kind of worked that out. I know. But, you know, when, so you, when you try to surplant that, Jesus kind of got to the heart of the matter. Oh, I know. I'm he like, was amazing. Wow. He was so concise and he illustrated well. <laughs> but the, when, when you try to surplant that, yeah. everything gets wobbly. It, get, it gets out of balance. And, and we wind up not reflecting the heart of Christ the way that he would want us to. You put love, his love for us, our love for him there, it corrects everything else naturally yeah. and causes it to, to function great. Well, and, but like love, if you're, if you're, like the biggest thing that God is teaching you is like how to receive love from him. Well, that's a super, I'm, it's based in, this, in the truth of the Bible and you see that woven all throughout, but it's something you have to experience. That's yeah. why it's so hard to describe. You're like, I can kind of describe it to you, but it's sort of like the, well, you just have to, you just have to feel it for yourself. You yeah. don't have to understand it for yourself like on an unexperiential level, what it is to pursue. Because love will enact all those other things, behaviors. And so if you were to say, well, how do I do that? Right? I mean, that's the hard part. Yeah. Like, well, how do, I, how do I do that? If you can't. So you, you put it to a to-do list and so you just killed it. Yeah. It's like, I always compare it to like eating chocolate. Right, so imagine that you found some native in a jungle somewhere and they had never tasted chocolate ever. Try to describe chocolate to someone. Well, it's sweet. Like what? It's creamy. Like what? See, it, when you put the elements yeah. together, it is its own thing. You cannot describe it. So until you take a bite, it's not going to make sense. And that, that is the step of faith that's required in salvation. It's yeah. the step of faith of everything that when it, when it comes to... Um, pursuing Christ. I have to walk by faith. I have to take a bite of something I've never tasted before to understand what it is that I'm missing. Yeah. You know, and, and radical love is absolutely like that. Absolutely like that. And it's what, it's actually what the church has been known for in our history. You see it get polluted and distorted also. Absolutely. But boy, you talk about a message and a, a way to convey it. Uh, in this day and age, nothing would speak more. Nothing in a narcissistic, <laughs> uh, self-driven society, nothing would speak louder than a radical, selfless love to the yeah. truth of who Christ is. Yeah. And His people are supposed to be known for it. Yeah. It's it's to be our hallmark. Yeah. 
Well, I can see how, how it does get distorted, though, because you, you want to start teaching it. People are like, this is interesting what you're talking about. How do I do that? And you're like, well, well, why don't you spend time with God? How do I do that? You're like, well, read your Bible every day. And suddenly you're into to-do lists, yep. and, and you've lost sight of the vision that all of this points to Jesus. All right. of this points to God. It all points to like a real, relational, loving, true, like the definer creator of all things wants to like share his life with you and for you to know him. But you lose sight of that by like trying to do it, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like being in the thick of parenting or something like that. You totally lose sight of what you're trying to do here. Yeah, you know? I lose sight of that every day. <laughs> right. I just yeah. leave it up to Heidi. Yeah. Well, she's a good woman. You yeah, that's that. what she's there for. <laughs> that's good. That's, yeah. that's really good. Thankfully, we won't be here when this video is played. No, I know. <laughs> uh, but Facebook will. So that's Yeah, that's good. right. I love Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, that's really cool. I just like, it, it is so, it is transformational and like, uh, of knowing and understanding God's love. I just, I'm glad you share that with us. And it, even thinking back, you see those types of, that, that type of idea woven all throughout, um, your, your teachings. And even at the end of message or like at all of your messages and all your teaching, you're trying to like point people that direction to have that relationship for, with God themselves for them to taste that. But yeah, finding new words to say it and, you know, through all the different things, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Well, just kind of, um, just as a closing up thought here, um, if you, uh, you know, we're entering the new year, New Year's resolutions and all the rest, and I'm not a new, big New Year's resolutions guy because I can never keep them, so I can't keep I them. I also don't long. make New Year's resolutions. Resolutions. <laughs> I, I made a few resolutions over the years. Yes. But resolutions, I kind of, I leave well, that it's up. it's a new thing. I leave that up to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The, re- <laughs> <laughs> the resolutions, it's a new trend. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. It's yeah, the, so. It's what it's all about. Yeah, it is. The, um. But like what if you could like hope anything for, you know, for your family or for, your, you know, the congregation, just for everybody this, uh, um, this new year, what, what would you hope for them? You know, I, um, I would hope that they would fall more in love with Christ. I, 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 we, ha- we have so many exciting things happening here at the church and um, the, the opportunities and the vision is limitless and it's fun and, and it's uh, it's life-changing, and it's kind of worth giving yourself to. Um, Probably my biggest fear is that we get more excited about Grace Church than we do about Jesus Christ. And my, my passion is that we take who Christ is and we weave him into the, the everyday working of our life, that we are madly in love with Jesus and deeply grateful for his church, not vice versa. And in a, in a desire to proclaim the gospel and to be the movement that I believe God has called us to be, grace was never started to be a church. It was started to be a movement. Right. And we're getting to see that happen more and more. Um, I don't want our enthusiasm to be misplaced or misdefined. Many, many of us grew up in a traditions in which we were taught that salvation is found in the church. So you latch onto the church and it takes you to yeah. God. And grace is, 
the exact opposite. And we would say salvation is found in Christ. And you'll lock on to Christ and he'll bring you to the church. And so that, that's my passion. I want people to love Jesus. I, I want that. You know, and I want, I want people to have the joy of helping other people not go to hell. I want people to have the joy of breaking the cycles of sin and relational death in their families. I want people to understand the, the wonder of walking with the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the, the life that we're called to is immeasurable. It's a, and, and I don't want us, I don't want folks to miss that out for soccer practice and a nice lawn. You know, there, there's just incredible things to live for, incredible moments. And I, I look at our church and I look, I think back, you know, we're talking about the old days. And I, I look at the people there, you know, and everything that's, that surrounds us right now, people had to die for they died to themselves, and they died to their dreams, and they died to their desires. And look what God has done. <clears throat> you know, so I, I look at that, and I think, man, that, if, if we could give ourselves to that, and if we could kind of fall madly in love with Jesus that way, that, that's where I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like it's limitless what God could do through our church, but not, not because we're Grace Church, but because we're madly in love with Christ. And he, he causes that, that transformation. And that's what I want. That's, that's what I live for. You know, I, I, have, I have literally staked my eternal soul on this. You know, yeah. if, if Jesus isn't God, I'm, I'm a goner. I'm, I'm serious. If I'm wrong, I am totally wrong because I've rejected everything but that. And I want to live for that because I believe that with everything in me. And I, that's what I want. I want, Heidi and I, we never prayed for a big church ever. Yeah. We never prayed for, uh, you know, resources ever. We prayed for a church full of brave people that would love people because we love Christ. And, and I just... I want that more and more and more and more. And I, I just believe that's eternal, you know? And I believe long after we're gone, that, that will echo through eternity. It, it's, it's how we showed up. It's how we got the gospel. And it, it's, it's kind of the shove that we'll give it in our little slice of time and, and space. So, yeah. That's that's what I want. Yeah. You know, it, re- it really is what I for for everybody that's about. that's everybody that's connecting to Grace Church in these recent months or years to be able to to own their relationship with yeah. God and that sacrifice in the same way that um, yeah that you you long for. Then you've seen so many people. Yeah, and do. and you know if you don't you 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 won't like Grace. Yeah. I mean, you won't. It, grace is is set up so that if you're passionate about Jesus and passionate about the lost and passionate about the gospel, you'll love it. Yeah. And yeah. if you, if and you, you want a neat church and, experience, and other people like that. Yeah. Or, right. If you want to settle in and enjoy comfort and tradition, you'll hate, you'll hate us in about 
six months if yeah, you don't already. Right. You just like <laughs> just wait a little while and things will change or yeah. things will turn into something you didn't think that they would. And I mean, but that's like for us all. Like every time we're we're just simply trying to respond to what God wants us to do and be faithful to God and and looking for other people that also want to do that so that so that so many can come to know him. Right. Um, yeah, the whole playing church if thing. We, I'm just so not excited about that. If, we're, yeah. if we are the uh, biggest church in Summit County, if we're the trendiest thing that's ever happened, if we're the, if we're the cool kids on the block, yeah. and it does not make a difference, if as many people go to hell because Grace Church exists, that would go to hell be, if they didn't. What didn't. difference does it make? Why do, why do we're wasting our time? Yeah. So if there's, if there's not that outcome, I'm out, you know? Right. I, I had a friend one time say to me, he, go, he's, he said, uh, he goes, you know, you're the, you're the CEO of a large not-for-profit now. Yeah. And I looked at him and I said, then I quit. <laughs> I'm not doing that with my life. I am not. I'll go to Africa Kind of want to be there anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I am not but God doing won't that. Let you yet. This is yeah. the Church of Jesus Christ. It's not a not-for-profit. It's not a religious organization. It is the body and the bride of Christ, and that passion and that focus is what we must give ourselves yeah. to. And and Jesus is and He's here, and Absolutely. and God's power works in and through the lives of individuals as they come together as a body. I I just. I love God's vision for the church in general, for the local church. I'm like super passionate about that. So, but it, but it, like I love what you said, just like the hope that the, the spark in the individual, yeah. that they would come and like surrender their life to Christ and do the things that he wants them for, not be good citizens and make sure to come to church on, on time, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we, yeah. you and I can have that passion all day long. Yeah. And, and maybe get a couple hundred people together. If we don't own it, right, then we're, then we're done. Yeah. You know, and I like what you're saying. It's, it's not, hey, you, you guys show up once a week and you put some money in the plate and we'll, we'll handle it. If we're not doing this together, then we're done. Yeah. Yeah, so for each, each one of us, because there's so many, there's a lot of so much fun things. I'm actually excited about, like, the State of the Church Address. Next year is just, like, going to be a blast. I mean, so many really cool opportunities, scary things, big things, exciting things, all of it. But, um, but we can't lose sight of the main thing. We're not here to run programs, right? right. right? Yep. I mean, we're not here to, like, start new things or to, like, yeah, see if we can make a difference in general. It's for Jesus Christ, for his name. We're the church. We're not um, something else. So, uh, that's awesome. I think it's uh it's been really fun to uh it's been good. So I think these sort of I've just been so excited to hear and listen to Pastor Jeff and Pastor Ezra's heart and what the church is and, and what it's to be about doing. And I know that when I first heard this, I just got so excited again. Like I get to connect with God God loves me. You know, God loves you. God loves all of us. And to understand that in a more full and real way, it's the point of life. I wonder if, as we look toward this next year, which I cannot believe it's 2014. Like, this is ridiculous. But as we look to this next year, 
I just wonder if this shouldn't be at the top of our resolution list. I, I, maybe it's not, and you know, one of the ones that we're not giving up by February 10th. You know, it's just, this is who I want to be. I, I wonder if we should be, this year, I want to understand the depth of God's love for me more so that I can connect with him more so that I can actually help other people understand how awesome this is. I wonder if, if we are doing that together, the, the, the impact and the change that we would actually see take place in our families' lives and our lives and in the people we know and work with and do school with and all those things, I just, I wonder what that would look like. You know, it's one of my favorite things about being a part of Grace Church is this, it's just not a neat place to go to church. It's about all of us together, coming together, pursuing after a relationship with Jesus. That's where the power is. That's where the awesomeness is. And I wonder as we look toward this next year, if, that, if that's where we come together and we can become the brave people that love Jesus passionately, like Jeff has even been praying about from the very beginning. I think it'd be a pretty awesome year if we do that. Dashboard, it's on there, connect with Jesus. It's on the background of our phones. It's, it's everywhere we look. I need to connect with God. I need to connect with Jesus. The ushers are going to come forward here in a second, and that means that you can drop that connection card in the basket. And I wonder if, if that's something you might want to write down. You know what? I'm, this is what this next year is going to mean for me. Or I, I have no idea what it is that you're talking about. I, I, I don't know what you mean. Love God? Love Jesus? What does that mean? Or how do I understand what God's love? I don't understand that. Write that down on your connection card. I would love to grab a cup of coffee with you. We have a team of leaders that would love to just sit down and help understand and walk through that with you. Uh, Write that down. If you have questions or whatever it is, something to be praying about, maybe it's someone that you're praying for, write that down, throw it in the cart, uh, throw it in the basket. We'd love to walk uh, that part of life with you. So when the ushers come forward, you can do that. You can throw your offerings in there if you want, and uh, we'll get rolling here. We're going to sing a few songs, spend that time to reflect, and really just be thinking about how is it that I am going to pursue understanding God's love for me in this coming year. Let's do this together.